This podcast was recorded on Friday, November 17th. Some things may have changed in the meantime, so please be aware of that. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to No Offense, the Jelly Bruins' official opinion podcast. My name is Keshav Tadimiki, and we have a very, very large crowd with us today. Um, also, yeah, I'm the opinion editor, so I know. But uh, um, do you guys all want to go around and introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Abhishek. I'm one of the assistant opinion editors. I'm Rupan Brian Darren. I'm a news editor here at Daily Bruin. I'm Alana. I'm a writer for City and Crime. I'm Jacob Priel, City and Crime editor. Yeah, so we have a really packed crowd with us today and uh, a very meaty subject to go with it. So uh, let's get started. Um, if you guys haven't heard, there's a new neighborhood council in town. Uh, okay, not really, but it's like it might be in town. Um, so two weeks ago, uh, uh, student leaders proposed the idea of creating a new neighborhood council. And it's been the talk of the town for a while. Sort of. I don't know, I'm trying to push the puns here. So. Well, well, among those people who really care about it. <laughs> yeah, um, so Rupan and Jacob, you guys want to give the rundown? Right, well, Jacob sort of broke the story a few weeks ago, but neighborhood councils are an integral part of how LA operates. Each neighborhood in LA has a neighborhood council that it doesn't really have sort of the power to dictate what happens in the neighborhood, but they can definitely give recommendations, advice to LA City Council on how these neighborhoods are supposed to operate. So Jacob received sort of a tip a few, um, several weeks ago about this sort of new movement. I'll, I'll let him talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, a few student leaders kind of just out of the blue started showing up to neighborhood council meetings um, over the summer. Uh, not necessarily out of the blue, I guess. They've had a lot of grievances, a lot of frustrations with Westwood from what they've been telling me and what they've been saying at neighborhood council meetings. Um, I know the neighborhood council created a um, student advisory ad hoc committee, which um, if ad hoc essentially means that students can't serve, but they can offer input and they can have, um, they can like collaborate with uh, current council members. And apparently they felt that, that wasn't enough to push their um, some of their agenda items. One of the things that they want to look for is uh, more student housing options. They feel that the neighborhood council is sort of anti-student in that regard. Um, the neighborhood council has had opinions about Unix, um, which is a construction zone for a 20-story uh, student housing facility in Aplicant, so across from in and out. It's a very contested issue. We've done uh, quite a lot of coverage on that, but uh, the main gist of it is that in Westwood, they feel that the uh, building kind of disrupts their view of Westwood. It, it ruins like the sort of aesthetic and the sort of uh, what makes Westwood its iconic um, imagery. And uh, part of the problem for students is that they feel that they're kind of favoring this aesthetic aspect over their needs. And they feel that there's a lot of things council has been doing uh, over the past years um, for a long period of time. And uh, so now they're trying to make their own neighborhood council, essentially, their uh, goal there. Right. Important note about the UNEX building, that's part of sort of overall UC push to increase enrollment. And UCLA feels that because they're probably going to be getting thousands thousands more students over the next few years, that they're going to have to provide way more student housing. And there's just only so much space you can do on the campus. So they've been pushing for more housing in Westwood. And that's kind of been one contentious issue between um, both students and the Westwood Neighborhood Council. And so there, so right now, so Jacob, you can talk a little bit more about kind of steps you're going to be taking that the student leaders and Westwood Forward Coalition has to take um, after they announced it last week. Yeah, so um, the student leaders um, who have been attending these meetings decided to push for the creation of a new coalition called Westwood Forward. 
um, and they are essentially going to be petitioning the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment, which is the Los Angeles Department that oversees neighborhood councils, to create a brand new neighborhood council. Um, I believe their tentative name for it is the North Westwood uh, Neighborhood Council. Um, they've had a lot of different uh, deliberation about the name, and that might change as we go along. But uh, apparently, that's their sort of stance there. And the way it'll work um, is they're going to collect between 200 to 500 signatures. Right now, I believe they're at 249, so they're already in range to be considered by uh, the neighborhood department. Uh, but so their their plans, I suppose, will be to after review from the neighbor or department of neighborhood empowerment, uh, will be to host some kind of election. Uh, and I think the election, the way it's going to work, is in March, uh, within 90 days after. Uh, they also call it Empower LA, so I'll just call it that because it's a lot simpler. Um, Empower LA is going to review their application, including that petition, and they're going to push that through to a vote in, I believe, March is their goal for that. And if it approves, they pass it. I think students, uh, residents, anyone who has some kind of stake in Westwood, you could work in Westwood. Uh, I believe the phrase they like to use is work, live, play. The idea being if you have some kind of stake in Westwood, you'll be able to vote in this, or within their boundaries of the pros, you'll be allowed to vote in this election to create a new neighborhood council. Right, the reason why students really, these students seem to care about neighborhood council a lot is even though neighborhood council doesn't actually have any sort of authority or governing authority or Westwood, their recommendations to the city council do have some impact. Um, for example, if a new business wants to open in Westwood, I believe their recommendation on this new business does go a long way to city council. And a lot of these student leaders feel that the businesses in Westwood have been lacking in terms of nightlife especially. So that's sort of a big issue they want to push. Um, another issue they also want a big push for is housing. They want the neighborhood council to be have more pro-housing um, sort of view in Westwood, even though the neighborhood council can't by itself increase housing in Westwood. The students feel that their position on housing hasn't been as supportive for students as they would like it to be. So to add a bit of context, like it's interesting that Jacob brings up that the current proposed um, name is the Northwestwood Neighborhood Council, um, especially when you look at how the new neighborhood council boundaries seem to be panning out. So um, there's a wonderful graphic on the uh, Daily Bruin news story that Jacob wrote. If you look at it, the boundaries seem to hug really close to UCLA's boundaries. So you have a bit of North Village, um, the apartment area, a bit of Hillgard. It passes by, I think, both sides of Hillgard. And then it sort of juts down all the way to, I believe, Ohio. And so you have, like, the greater Westwood Village area. And then it just sort of cuts off there. So imagine everything around UCLA, including apartments, a bit of the Westwood, or most of the West, Westwood Village area. Isn't it all the Westwood Village area? Yeah. It, the, the parts that matter, really. Okay. Um, I speak as a student, so take that with a grain of salt. But all of Westwood that matters is in this new boundary. And um, I guess a couple of homes near Hillgard. But that's about it. And that's intentional, really, because it sort of excludes all the homeowners, most of the homeowners in Westwood. Albeit there are homeowners who back this proposal, but it's really... Like, Homeby Hills is like completely cut out of it, so there's going to be a lot less rich people in the new boundary. And this this brings up, from the opinion standpoint, like really interesting like political motivations. Like There's interesting look at the political motivations of the proposition and why students are proposing this new council. So like Jacob said, like Jacob and Rupon said, students have these grievances about... Um, housing in Westwood, housing, entertainment, and just sort of general council conduct. So the Westwood Neighborhood Council, like it, it has a sort of rowdyish council. I would say I went to one meeting. It was not a big sample size, but it was enough of a taste of it, I would suppose. To quote our USAC president, it was. Uh, it's like it's a cross between Parks and Rec and House of Cards. I I think that's a bit of an extreme thing because House of Cards and Westwood Neighborhood Council seem. I, I don't think they're killing anyone really. Yeah, they're not killing anybody, but it's just just 
it's entertaining. It's lively. It's like a fish market. Um, but I digress. Um, so these are sort of the grievances that students seem to have about the new, the current council. There have been some attempts to bring more student engagement on the council, but it's primarily homeowners. The diversity, not a whole lot, tends to be elderly homeowners. You have some students there, but it doesn't feel that way. It's a 19-person council with like two students on there. So student representation isn't big. And uh, the general UCLA argument, or the UCLA student argument is, hey, there are 50,000 students. We're the majority constituency in Westwood, and yet we have a neighborhood council that meets all the way near Sepulveda, which is like eons away. Obviously, there was the argument that students aren't really politically engaged in the Westwood neighborhood council. Right, which students don't engage in these elections. Elections tend to have like very minimal turnout. Somewhere around 500? It's like 496 last year, yes. apparently. So it's not a whole lot, and... This, this all raises the million-dollar question, what do we think about this? Which only two of us can answer because we're part of opinion. But uh, I'll just let that, that question just echo there for a bit. Well, well Echoed enough, okay. okay. Uh, well, when, when I first heard this, I thought it was, like, crazy. Like, do you really think you're going to, like, establish a new neighborhood council? But then I read the story, and well, I think they have a fair bit of a chance it, it really goes down to the votes you know they need what how many people do they need to vote for it how much was it jacob uh in terms it, of like like if, if, if it comes vote, to a ballot it would just be majority of the vote okay. on whoever votes it's majority within that within, boundary yeah right? within the boundary so like yes. so there's no limit on the turnout i don't believe so no well i guess still you need like there's another petition stage right before this right something where they need five thousand signatures or I don't think so. Two thousand for petition to they're, bring it so on to the trying to get two thousand. Their goal 2, 000. is to get two thousand yeah. to show that they have a lot of community support for it. They don't need that many, but that's there. Yeah, the yeah. first hurdle is getting approval by the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment. Mm -hmm. They need to demonstrate that there's a need for this new council and that there is appropriate representation. Which personally I think that's the biggest struggle because if you're if you look at the boundaries, it's mostly UCLA, a bit of homeowners, mostly apartments. It's a big student constituency with administrators, I guess you could say people who work at UCLA would take part in it, but again, like it's it's almost voluntarily like cutting out UCLA and all the associated constituencies and just leaving the homeowners to their own council. And it's important to note that like if this new council is formed, it would basically rip apart to shreds the existing one because the existing one wouldn't have necessarily it, the ju jurisdiction would be a big big nightmare. And they'd yeah. have to rework their bylaws. Yeah, one of the biggest questions I have when I look at this map is it's basically dividing it into two. Like, you have two separate areas of Westwood on either side of the new neighborhood council, which seems a little bit weird to administer if it's not connected to each other. I mean, I'm, I'm also just kind of wondering if you had like a... So the new council will have 15 people on it. There, okay. There's a possibility that it would have a student majority. And you just have like, imagine like third years and fourth year students sitting on this council like... Obviously, it's advisory council, but it's like they're kind of writing the rules about Westwood. Like, what what's gonna happen? Like, I feel like you would have people from Westwood Village, though, right? Yeah, like th there are stakeholders in Westwood who support this. Like, for example, the council has a business has business seats on it. It has various different homeowner seats on it. So there's a lot of room for diverse representation. I guess the first hurdle for the time being is getting it passed. But to quote Hamilton, what happens once the world is turned upside down? Like. It's a big question mark. Most of the stuff is set in place, like the Western Neighborhood Council doesn't have limitless power, and the Northwestern Neighborhood Council is not going to have limitless power. But uh, how long is it going to take until Westwood changes? I'm not sure. Like, 
Well, students have to get politically motivated and actually serve on the board. Like, is their desire to party that strong? Is it? Well, we'll have to find out. We will. Um, I guess, are there any initiatives? Do you guys know if there are any initiatives to bring student votes? Like, to, to bring students into the political sphere and, like, get them involved in this new council? And, like, at least rallying behind it? Well, the Western Forward Coalition did hold a town hall town hall yesterday in Ackerman, and I believe you're going to hold a few more, I believe, Jacob? Yeah, I believe one there's more. one more one before more. Okay. the petition goes out. Once and more scheduled, they may add others if, if people are interested, but as far as I know, there's just the one. Yeah. And this was to, like, work out bylaw stuff. And, like, yeah, to kind of seek input for that kind of community, to like, see that communities that can react to it. Because, obviously, um, I think that they're where they're at right now is that they're students, and so they would need to... Um, like reach out to other stakeholders as well. I think that's their kind of goal for that. Mm -hmm. I believe the one for week nine, so not next week, week after. Um, it should be a much larger crowd I'm trying to appeal to. So the students have set a tentative deadline of December 15th as the time where they're going to submit the petition signatures. Um, my guess is it's all going to pass and it's an, it's the, the proposition's going to go to the ballot. And with it being such a student-centric thing and with there being talk, with there being online voting as well, my bets are on the, the proposal being the proposal passing and the new neighborhood council being formed. And there's a lot of potential for this council to do some good things uh, when it comes to nightlife, when it comes to diversity, when it comes to housing. The question is, will students jump on board? And that's going to be the hard sell for me because am I going to leave Westwood up to the whims of a third year student who wants to, who has midterms, who has homework, and who has various different responsibilities? Well, well do you trust the WWNC more? No, because they don't represent my interests. Well, I feel like the third-year student with midterms might better represent your interests. Yeah, yeah, good point. Although, to be fair, there are going to be administrative representatives. There are going to be faculty representatives on this council. But uh, those are my thoughts. What about yours, Abhishek? Well, well, it looks like it has a high chance of passing. It's just, can they achieve it, really? Because then, like, even then, it's still hard like, to just bring businesses into Westwood, you know? So, it's not going to be the panacea, but... It's gonna be something. Yes, it's gonna it's gonna be there. We just have to blast the Hamilton soundtrack for the time being, I suppose. Okay, we'll be back after a short break, guys. excited for Thanksgiving, meeting up with your family, maybe eating a turkey. Or tofurkey if, if you're vegetarian. And, you know, just doing all that stuff. But who cares about that when the next day it's going to be Black Friday? Right. So if you guys don't know, Black Friday is the massive sale that comes the day after Thanksgiving. Although recently it's been sort of creeping up forward, like it's Black Tuesday now. Maybe there's going to be a Black Week entirely. Uh, mm, I just think of the ramifications of that. But basically, Black Friday is the time where retailers and uh, manufacturers can sell a bunch of stuff for like discounted prices. The idea is to bring their sales up from the red to the black. It's fiscal time. Oh, is that where that name comes from? Uh, I'm guessing. I <laughs> Rupan, is that is that correct? I have no idea. No, none of, I'm guessing no, none of us know where the name comes from. That's my guess, like, because it's not called Red Friday, it's not called Green Friday, it's not called Turkey Friday, it's Black Friday because it's to bring it to the to the black. I'm guessing. But basically it's where, like, m like, hordes of people rush to these stores, so like Target, Walmart, 
and a bunch of other these massive retail stores and they try to buy this stuff in bulk they try to buy things for the holidays it's just a massive holiday fest and the irony is it comes right after thanksgiving like traditionally it comes right after thanksgiving so you've like feasted on this like massive turkey or this had this massive meal and you go to proceed to go run a marathon right afterwards or more specifically you eat that turkey you're full and now you just race into your car and head to the walmart and you're standing there waiting for the clock to strike 12 and then you rush in push a couple of people maybe hit a kid maybe have that video go on youtube and you try to get whatever you want right so black friday is just a massive massive a melee a melee. Capitalism un- like yeah. unperturbed. So, so what, do you, what are we all going to be doing on Black Friday? You want to go around and give your share your thoughts, share your experiences? I'm just going to look at the online sales and see what's there and just buy that and not get hit by anyone at Walmart. Oh, how rather isolated. Yeah, same for me. Like, I think Cyber Monday is a big thing, bigger thing than Black Friday. Like, yeah, that's where it's at. Why <laughs> spend all that time going to the store? Just uh, go on Amazon and just do it, do it from there. It's much simpler, easier. And like waking up early and doing all that work. So, yeah, last year I spent about a hundred and fifty dollars worth of Cyber Monday just junk from the safety of my dorm room, um, which was really nice. I bought three pairs of prescription glasses for under thirty-five dollars, and I still tell people about that because it was such a steal, and I was really excited. I'm going to do it again this year. Well, you're going to um, buy three more pairs. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely going to buy three more pairs of very cheap glasses. Well, that's yeah. actually very useful because guns are expensive. You They're super expensive. That, yeah. I like. I, yeah. I mean, my eyes are sad now. But so people I, go to Black Friday to buy technology. But what you're saying is they should go for glasses. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about well, that. Well, anything that's like usually super expensive, mm-hmm. I think is solid. I mean, that's where I buy like all my luxury makeup products. It's when I buy my expensive like prescription mm-hmm. glasses. Uh, so I think it's. I think it's great. I'm a big fan. What about you, Jacob? Uh, I, I just I was an add-on. Like for me, the only experience I had with Black Friday, like actually going, was when my parents were moving into a new house, and so we had to buy like a bunch of new appliances and stuff. And so you know, there I was, four a.m. at oh, that's so was sad. Like Sears. I can't remember. I don't remember where I was at. I was is Sears still in business? So is Black Friday for Sears their Red Friday? I, that, that's you know, honestly, about my like, I, I kind of that's why they still have it because like these giant mall like <laughs> attached. Re- businesses don't have any other way to sell their stuff except to mm. have these outrageous prices. Yeah, I mean also like this is a time for businesses to empty out their inventories um, since they know the holidays, this is like the start of the holiday season because from here you're going to be hearing Christmas carols until the end of time. I mean, isn't yeah. really Christmas when they empty their inventories? It starts now till then, till beyond. Yeah. Yes, maybe they're just continuously emptying their inventories throughout the year. Maybe that's how business models work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well. I think it's kind of interesting because the latest trend I've noticed is that these like woke brands, and I don't want to name any right now because I, but I know that this is a thing with a couple of uh, like sports brands. I think REI maybe that did this. I don't totally remember. But last year they didn't have any Black Friday. They said we are not doing Black Friday. We're not going to do that to our employees because they mm. need to spend time at home. And they did it. It was this whole like PR move where I think they were taking a gamble that the money they would lose on Black. Like from Black Friday sales um, that they would have otherwise gotten would translate into really good PR for the company. So then people would buy all of their Christmas gear there later or buy stuff at their Cyber Monday sale because it's such an ethical company. Again, I don't remember exactly the company. I think it was REI, but I'm not totally sure. Did it work though? I mean, I don't know. I didn't look at the thing, but that's like that's sort of the trend right now is that companies want to seem super ethical and woke. 
Yeah, I don't see Walmart doing that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because doing that for sure. <laughs> you see, you see employees basically having these monster twenty-four hour shifts. They're sort of Thanksgiving isn't a time of joy, like joyousness for them. It's sort of oh gosh, time to rush to Walmart and deal with a bunch of like cranky people trying to get these things. And to think of like their job, like the cashier has to stand there for forever. The people have to keep returning items back to the inventories, back to the stock, like back to the the shelves. It's it's just a mess over there. And also, like, one of the other things I've also noticed is, like, companies like Apple, for example, don't have sales on their devices and the things they sell. So if you notice, like, you can go to Apple at any time in the year, and they won't give you a discounted iPad. It'll They're... always be exorbitantly expensive. Right. So you're giving an arm and a leg to them, and then you're limping out of the Apple store. That's how it is all the time. The only thing in Thanksgiving, though, is you limp out of the store, and then a crowd of people run over you at the same time. Well, do, I mean, do they do Black Friday? They don't Not do really. Black Friday Just a lot of people show up to the stores. <laughs> Because I remember I showed up to the Apple store one time on a Black Friday and I was like, hey, do you guys have any sweet deals? And they're like, no. Heck no. <laughs> they, they said it in a much nicer way, in the very Apple-esque kind of way. Mm-hmm. If that's the, even a the thing. The genius way. The genius bar way. In a kind of minimalistic white way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, any final, any final thoughts on Black Friday? Should we just all just deal with Cyber Mondays? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Everyone should. Yeah. Those few of you who are Pretty rushing sure. to Walmart to get that massive pack of Q-tips... You can probably wait until Cyber Monday, actually. That was a pretty good ending. That's it. That's a pretty good ending. That's your ending. Okay, that that that's it for this week, folks. We'll catch you guys next week.